here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Now, let's get right into God's word. In the book of Titus, remember we're talking about in verse number 13, looking for that blessed hope. Now, we're going to use that once again as our series. We started this volume one this past week, and then we taught part one last week, uh, why Jesus came the first time. Why Jesus came the first time. That's what we did last week, part one and part two. Well, today, we, we want to add to that, all right? Now, remember, we're doing a series, so you don't get it all on the first tape, all right? Remember, on a series, we may do one, two, three, four series before you really understand the whole thing. We're going to cover this. Jesus looking for that blessed hope. Are we the one looking for that blessed hope, or was it the first century church? And I'm going to show you in the Word of God that it was not us. It was the first century church. Now, this is what divides the churches today. And what people are basing their information on is people who have taught this 100 years ago, 75 years ago, 50 years ago. And everybody think they're right. Get in the Word of God and study, you're going to see that they missed this. Now, this is not missing your salvation. Your salvation is based on the cross. This is your salvation here. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is your salvation. What I'm teaching you is because people are in, every time something goes on, you hear people saying, Jesus is coming. Well, I'm going to show you in the Word of God today as we look at our new subject today, and I pray to God that, that this would be a blessing uh, to you. Jesus came to do the Father's will. That's going to be our subject. Jesus came to do the Father's will. Now, we're talking about 2,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, uh, 2030 will be 2,000 years because Jesus died in A.D. 30. Isn't that something? Jesus came to do the Father's will. Now, I'm going to give you three verses right off the bat to show you Jesus came to do the Father's will. Let's go to John 4.34. You can use any of these for your tape. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, and verse 34. We're going to talk about Jesus came to do the Father's will. Looking for that blessed hope. Because the reason why I'm showing you if Jesus came and did the Father's will, you got to find out what he did. Because most of the people today, the argument that's in churches, and even it come to a time, to me, it seemed like it separate the church. This should not separate the church because you believe Jesus Christ is coming. I believe Jesus Christ already came. That shouldn't separate us. What should separate us is when I tell you I don't believe in the cross for my salvation. See, what separates us, if you say I believe in water baptism, has something to do with my salvation. That's going to separate us. Because Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is our salvation. Not water baptism, not foot washing. See, you can wash feet in your church. That shouldn't separate us. 
because it had nothing to do with my salvation. You can baptize in water in the church in Jesus' name, but it shouldn't have anything to do with my salvation. My salvation is totally in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We want to make sure we understand that. But what people do is they'll take the water baptism and they will say that has something to do with your salvation. Now that's where we get in, get in problem at. When you tell me you can wash feet and sanctify me, now that's, I have a problem with that. When the Bible tells you you're sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So you the church. Remember, you the body of Christ. We are spirit. So how can you wash spirit feet and sanctify? How can you wash spirits in water and regenerate them? See, all that kind of stuff, you can't do that. All that has to happen through the redemption of Christ in our, in our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now let's look at this. The book of John, chapter 4, verse 34. And I'm giving you scriptures to go with my subject. Jesus came to do the Father's will. Part 3. Looking for that blessed hope. Here we go. Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Now remember, this is why he came. To do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work. Now. We have to find out what the Father will, because we just got through teaching on that, remember? We just got through teaching you on the Father's will, and we showed you the will, his will, his new covenant. He gave his new covenant to the Apostle Paul. So Jesus came to do the Father's will and finish his work. Now, we got to really hear that because... If Jesus came to do the Father's will and finish his work, let, let me uh, make sure I read that out of the NLT. We're going to be reading out the NLT today for our read-along Bible today. John chapter number 3 and verse 34 out of the NLT. Just that one verse. John chapter 4 and verse 34, just one verse. For he, he is sent by God, Jesus sent by God, he speak God's words. For God give him the spirit, I'm sorry, I'm reading out of John 4, 34, I'm reading it wrong, John 3, 34. John 4, 34, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing God's will. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Finishing him his work. So that, that's why Jesus came. Let's go, to a, let's go to another in the King James, and we're going to look at that, John 6, 38 through 40. We're going to give you a lot of word today, a lot of word. But I got to do this so you can be able to understand, okay? John chapter 6, verse 48, 38, I'm sorry. John 6, 38, we back to the King James. Jesus told us why he came. You can use any of these for your, for your subject. John chapter 6, verse 38. I'm waiting on the screen. This when I be waiting. John chapter 6 and verse number 38. I am come down from heaven. Still waiting on the screen. John chapter 6, 38. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So he's telling you why he came. I came not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. Here he is. I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And then in verse 39, he says, and this is the Father's will. 
So he, he showed it to you. This is the Father's will which has sent me. Here it is. That of all which has, he has given me. Now you got to hear this is the Father's will. Remember he came to do the Father's will and finish his work. Now we're going to show you once he finishes his work, watch what he's going to do. He's going to sit down. Remember, when he finishes his work, he's going to do what? Sit down. Has Jesus seated? Yeah. All right, here we go. Verse 39. This is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, all which he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Wait a minute, Jesus. You talking about you doing the Father's will, and you talking about all that the Father has given me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up at the last day. Man, did he do that, church? Did he raise them up again at the last day? Because that's what people are telling you today, that that has not happened yet. Well, when you said that has not happened, you're saying Jesus did not finish his work. You calling him a liar. He said he finished his work. Jesus on the cross said to the Father, it is finished. Jesus said in John 17, I have finished the work you have given me to do. Now, now you, you gotta, when you believe in scriptures, what are you believing? All right. Jesus said he had to raise it from the dead. I, I, I want to finish this because I got a couple more places I got to go. Look at verse 40. John chapter number 6 and verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. I'm going to say it again. That everyone would see the Son. Now remember, that's not you. That was the people who was in 2,000 years ago when Jesus came. They saw him. Remember, you've never seen him. Everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. Remember, he promised everlasting life to all those people who saw him and believed in him. He promised them everlasting life. And then he says, and I will raise him up at the last day. Two things. Two things. Make sure you look at it real good. Jesus said, everyone that see me and believe that I'm the Christ will have everlasting life, number one. Number two, I will raise them up at the last day. Now, my point is, did he do it? Because if you are saying that Jesus Christ has not come yet, then you are saying that Jesus Christ did not fulfill his word yet. That means you are saying Jesus lied. So when you say stuff, you got to understand, somebody taught this, and many, many people, preachers taught this from 100 years ago, 50 years ago, all these years ago, wrote books and everything else. But you can't teach something like that when you haven't proved it yourself. They miss God. Don't you miss God? Because Jesus promised those people everlasting life. 
Jesus promised those people that he would raise them up again at the last day. So what are you saying? They're still in the ground? What are you saying that he didn't do it? The Father's will was to finish his work. I don't think, I think you want to go back in the word. I want you to check. I think you ought to check this out again. Because Jesus finished his work. Because the Bible told you when he had finished his work, he sat down. I think there's a scripture that tells us that, that after he had finished his work, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. I know he tells us he sat down at the right hand of the Father, but for a high priest to sit down, he had to be finished. But anyway, I got a whole lot of word for you today. All right, now let's go look at another one. Let's go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10 and verse 28. St. John, chapter 10, verse 28. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, and verse number 28. Now, in John 10, he's telling you that he came that you might have life. We know that. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, we're going to show you that when we get down there in uh, the latter in the beginning. We're going to go back, but I want to show you verse number 28. I give unto them eternal life. This is what Jesus says. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Wait a minute. Never perish? I give unto them eternal life, and they should never perish, and they should never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father gave them to me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Isn't that something? So Jesus Christ talked about Israel. He called them my sheep. Now, I hear people talk about the church, my sheep. The church is never his sheep. You're never called God's sheep. So when you go and try to read Psalm 23, that's not for you. And a whole lot of folks will do that. Well, we want to read Psalm 23. Psalm 23 was not given to you. You're not one of his sheep. You are God's son or God's daughter. All right? Jesus taught in parables, so he called them his sheep because... Sheep are defenseless. Sheep have to be taken care of or they'll drown. Sheep have to be fed. Sheep have to be led. Sheep have to be cared. See, all that is why he called them sheep. You are not a sheep. Just, just another word, okay? All right. Now, let's, let's move on. I gave you those three things because I want you to see that is our Jesus came to do the Father's will. But I want to, I'm going to break this down because I got so many of these. Let's go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 5, verse 24. Because he said he came to do the Father's will and finish his work. And then he says, all them that believe in him, he will raise them up at the last day. Did he do it? If I was a betting man, I'd bet on Jesus. John chapter 5, verse 24. Here we go. Verily, verily, I say to you, the gospel of St. John chapter 5 and verse 24. The gospel of St. John chapter 5, verse 24. It's what we're waiting on for the screen. The gospel of St. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Verily, verily, I say to you, 
He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, here it is, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Verse 25, Verily, verily, I say to you, the hour is coming. Now, he didn't say the day or the week or the month or the year. He said the hour is coming and now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Do you think he did it? Verse 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given the Son to have life in himself, and has given his authority, given the Son, the son his authority to execute judgment also, because the Son is, is the Son of Man. And verse number 28. Now he said, look, marvel not, marvel not at this, for the hours come, not year, not month, not day, the hours coming in the which all that's in the graves, come on, all that's in the graves, shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now, I'm going to go back and read that out of the NLT. John 5, 24 through 29. I'm going to give you a chance to get there. Not going to rush you. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Watch what God says. See, if we would be listening to God's word, man, I tell you, see, the key one, it just blows your mind all that Jesus came here to do. He came to do the Father's will and finish his work. And three and a half years, John chapter 5, we read now the good, uh, the NLT, John chapter 5 and verse number 24. Okay, here we go. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have everlasting life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. I love this word. Now, 2,000 years ago, it is here now. When the dead would hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself. He has granted that same life, giving power to his son. He has given him authority to judge everyone because he's the son of man. You think he's done it yet? Don't be surprised, he says. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of the Son of God and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. Those who have continued in evil will rise to experience God's judgment. My point is, do you think he done it yet? Jesus came to do the Father's will. Of course he did it. Of course he did it. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. And it is impossible for God to lie, isn't it? 
If God said it, guess what? Then he did it. God not going to tell you something he didn't do. All right? Now, this is, this is just going to keep on getting good and good and good. Praise God for his good. We're we just bragging on our Lord here. He came and did the Father's will. All right? Now, he came to the Father's will. Let me, let me give you a, a, a few more to go with that because when I said Jesus came to the Father's will, let's, let's you know, break out, some, break out some areas because so many parts of this is just going to keep on exploding, Okay? He came to do the Father's will. Now, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. You know, you got certain books where people have a problem getting over it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. We're reading out the King James. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. We're reading out the King James Version. Now we beseech you, brothers. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. There we go. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what does he talk about? What's his subject? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul is talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And... By our gathering, not your gathering. Remember, you can't read this in the present tense. You got to read this in the past tense. They have already done it. Remember, Thessalonians was written in A.D. 49 through 54. Some Bible say A.D. 49, some said 51, some said 54. Well, we are talking about 2,000 years ago. And... Paul is going to talk to the Thessalonians of his day. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Can't put yourself in that, can you? He said that you not be soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So he called it the day of Christ. Then he said this, let no man deceive you by any means that that day would, shall not come. Don't let nobody deceive you. Then he told them how to know that day came. Here it is, except there come a falling away first. Now I can take you to the book of Galatia and show you that's what happened to those people. As a matter of fact, let's just hit Galatians. We'll come right back here. We come right back. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 3. But let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Remember, he says there have to come a falling away first. Now, falling away means that they already have left the law and came over to grace. And then they're going to leave grace and going back to the law. Or they're just going to stop going to church altogether. We're waiting on Galatians 5 and 1, not the King James Version. Here we go. 
Stand fast. Now, this is what he told the church of Galatia. Stand fast, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has set, made us free. Why is he saying that? Because they were going back. Be not entangled again. Hear it? Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, said to you that if you be circumcised, they were going back to the law. If you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you another. I testify again to every man that is circumcised, now you are debtor to do the whole law. Christ will become of no effect to you. Whosoever are justified by the law, they were going back to the law. You are fallen from grace. They left grace and went back to the law. See, that's what people are doing. God opened up this church door of faith, preached to you the grace of God. You know what people do? They go back to what people baptize in water in Jesus' name. Go back. You fall from grace. You left the grace of God. Went back to the law, which you were never under the law. Verse number five. We through the Spirit wait, wait, for the hope of righteousness by faith. That's not you. you through faith. They were hoping for righteousness. Well, you got your righteousness in Christ. You don't have to hope for righteousness. Christ has made unto us righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. Christ has made unto us righteousness. See, they were waiting for Jesus to come again. He would be their righteousness. Watch verse 6 says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. But faith was working by love. Then he's going to tell them, you did run well. That's what happened to those people. They, you did run well. Who did hinder you? That you should not obey the truth. Let's go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. See, that's an awesome thing. Even the Gentile, the Gentile came to grace and left grace and went back to the law. And that was, never was under the law. But they think they got to do something to be saved. You're saved by grace. By grace means God did all the work. You can't do some of the work and think you're all right with God. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, King James verse. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Here we go. Let no man deceive you by any means that they, that, that they should not come except they come a falling away first. There it is again. They fallen away first. And then something's supposed to happen at that time. That man of sin be revealed. He's going to call him the son of perdition. That man of sin going to be revealed. He is called the son of perdition. Let's see what's supposed to happen to him while we read down to verse 8. Let's see what's going to happen to him once he's revealed. Let's show you what's going to happen to him. All right? Verse number 4. Who opposes and exalt himself above all that's called God or that is worship, so that he as God Sitteth in the temple of God. Stop right there. He has God sitting in the temple of God. We don't have no temple today. So you can't take this out of his context 
2,000 years ago, this man will be sitting in the temple of God as God. And when the Lord destroy him, he's going to destroy him with the brightness of the coming while he's in the temple playing like he got. Well, we don't have no temple. The temple was destroyed, watch this, A.D. 70. Now, if you don't know that, just if you got a Google at home, just ask your Google when was Jerusalem destroyed, when was the temple destroyed, and he, the, even a Google will tell you 2,000 years ago, A.D. 70. This is not a game. So you'll believe in a lie. And I don't want to see that happen to the body of Christ. See, when you believe in Jesus Christ is going to come, you believe in a lie. And what it does, it calls the people who are not saved to think that God does not keep his promises. Because we saw this in, um, how many times? I know, I can just think of a topic, 1988. And man wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Could Come in, in 1988. And everybody running around talking about Jesus coming. Here's a big one, Y2K. The year of 2000. Everybody's talking about, especially in the church world, well, you know, Jesus coming, it's going to be Y2K, all the computers going to mess up, it's going to go. That's been 20 years ago. Oops, we were wrong again. How many times are you just going to let people lie to you of this stuff? These people have been preaching Jesus coming. If you go back and look at it, on their tapes, in their books, and Google who they are, go back and look at what they believe. They've been believing this for 50 years. Some believe 100 years. 100 years, 50 years, 25. And they still talk about Jesus coming. Gave you no kind of evidence. Everything they gave you was Old Testament scriptures. How are you going to use Old Testament scriptures to show me Jesus was coming in 2020. The Bible does not cover. See, this is what, they, this is what people fool you at. America in prophecy. See, you ought to automatically cut that off. Prophecy was fulfilled by Christ 2,000 years ago. See, what happened here, you just believe in a lie. I'm here to help you because I don't like to see people to see. That's why I'm teaching this book right here. Man, I could be teaching something else that the body of Christ can grow on, but we got people who still want to drag around and believe things people are saying and have no evidence. I don't want to see you deceive. That's why I'm teaching this series. So if anybody asks you, why is pastor teaching on looking for that blessed hope? Because I don't want people in the body of Christ to be deceived. And when you believe Jesus is coming, you have been deceived. You are not enjoying the spirit that's in you today. All right. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. Remember, when this person comes, the Bible called him the son of perdition in verse number 3. 
We're waiting on your screen. Second Thessalonians 2 and 4. Second Thessalonians 2 and 4. There we go. This is, this is, this is the son of perdition. He opposes and exalt himself above all that's called God. Remember, he's, he he's a God. He, and the Bible says, and that is worship. So that he as God, sitteth in the temple of God. Now remember, I told you, you got to be in Jerusalem to do that. Showing himself that he's God. Watch what Paul is going to say to them in verse 5. Remember, you're not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now let it will let it until he be taken out of the way. Verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord, here it is, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy consume, destroy with the brightness of his coming. All right. So we know whenever this person showed up, the Lord is going to show up while he's in the temple and going to destroy him. Going to destroy the temple also. Now, let's, let's go back and look at some of this. We're talking about Jesus came through the Father's will. Now, Let's see, did he do that? Let's go back to the book of Daniel. Chapter number 7. We're going to start at chapter 7, verse 25. Daniel 7, 25. See, the Bible is telling us one thing, and you got people who don't know the Bible is telling us something else. I just hate to see people deceived. I've been in ministry 40 years. I was deceived. Because I thought they knew what they were talking about. I'm studying from people who have wrote the books. I'm studying from people who have already wrote the books. And they missed it. You know why they missed it? Because they went by somebody else who has missed it. Now people today, young pastors, and I hate to see the young preachers still talking about Jesus coming. I heard one guy told me he was leaving his job, leaving the ministry, going out into evangelism. Because he had to go out into all the world and preach. Deceived. God never told you to go out into the world. Come on, study the book for yourself. God told Israel to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He never told the church. And that's one of the greatest things that people are telling you in the church today. The church commission is Matthew 28. How would God give the church its commission out of Matthew 28? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then you got some people say, well, God commissioned the church in Mark 16. Why would God go back to Matthew and Mark and commission the church? Only somebody had a commission in the new covenant is Paul. Yes, Acts 26, 18 is his commission. Never gave the church a commission. God never told the church to go. My God Almighty. You want to know why I'm preaching this? That's why. 
God never told the church to go. Check it out. God called the church. The word church means he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He never told you to go. He told you to come. He called you into the grace of God. Call you into the fellowship of his son. Come on, man. You know, that's what I like about, you know, that's what I like about the guy that got this thing. Come on, man. You got to be able to learn. You got to be able to get some stuff. You sitting under the wrong people. You need to find somebody who knows the truth. Daniel chapter 7. Now, in Daniel chapter 7, we're going to start reading verse number 9. We're going to read this all the way down to verse number 18. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. Then we're going to read this all the way down to uh, chapter 18. Then we're going to skip over and read verse number uh, 25 through 28. Daniel, we're going to read a lot out of Daniel because this is going to take us to what God told Jesus to do. Waiting on our screen. There we are. Daniel chapter 9, verse number... Chapter 7, verse 9. That's where we are. Here we go. Daniel vision. I beheld to the throne were cast down. And the ancient of day did sit, whose garments, he, he came to judge, whose garment was white as snow, half of his head like wool. His throne were like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued, came forth, from before him. Watch this. Thousand, thousand ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Watch this. The judgment was set and the books were open. When you say Jesus hadn't come, you are saying this hasn't happened yet. We'll be, we'll be right with you. Write a scripture down for me. Write this down. The Gospel of St. Luke chapter 24 in verse 44, I'm going to come right back here. Come right back here. We're going to look at one scripture. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24, and verse 44. See, when you're saying something, are you saying what somebody else said? Are you saying what the God, God showed you? Because God's not going to show you no lie. See, when the Holy Ghost is teaching you, you don't have to worry about all these errors. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24, and verse 44. Just one verse. There we go. And he said to them, These are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you. Now Jesus had risen from the dead. That all things must be fulfilled. Somebody give me some words for the word fulfilled, please. Accomplished. Finished. Bringing into. Complete. Yeah. So here it is. Jesus says, all things must be complete, finished, fulfilled, bring an end to, which were written, which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the psalm concerning me. Everything, Jesus says, that was in the psalms and the prophets, and the law of Moses concerning him has been fulfilled. Let's go back to Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, 
Daniel chapter 7 and verse 10. We'll start there. This word is so good, it's all, it's all, it's all just laid out here. Just want somebody to believe it. Daniel 7 and 10 said, A fire stream issuing came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times, ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. So are you saying that hadn't happened? Jesus said he did it. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed. That's what Thessalonians said happened. I'm going to go back and read it for you again. The beast, the word beast means king. The king was slain. His body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. Air concerned the rest of the beast. They had their dominion taken away. Yet their lie were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night vision. And behold, one like the son of man. Here he is. He came with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days. They brought him near before him. There was given him, watch this, watch this. See, when you are saying you don't believe Jesus came, you are saying Jesus has not been given dominion and glory and power and honor. I'm quite sure you read the book of Revelation. We're going to show, show it to you where they fell down on their face and said, you are worthy to receive honor and glory and power. Have you heard that before? And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people and nations and languages serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Watch this. Which shall never pass away and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Are you sure you read not the same Bible? Now let's keep going. We read out of Daniel chapter number 7 and verse number 15. I, Daniel, was grieving my spirit in the midst of my body and the vision of my, of my head troubling me. He said, I came near under one of them that stood by. And I asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and he made me know the interpretation of the thing. Watch what he told Daniel. These great beasts, which are four, watch this, are four kings. Now that's not what they showed you on television because I watched it. They got them beasts up there with all kind of stuff and uh, then they got moon with blood in it. Uh, come on, church. You listen to the wrong people. You watching the wrong people. The great beast which are four are four kings which should arise out of the earth. But the saints, which were the Jewish believers, they were called saints. The saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom, possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever and ever. Are you reading out the same Bible I'm reading out of? The devil has no power. The devil is defeated. The devil has been burned up. The devil's in hell. All right, let's keep reading. We're down to verse 25. We're going to wait on you. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. Here we go. 
talking about this man in 2 Thessalonians, son of perdition. He shall speak great words against the Most High. That's what I just showed you in 2 Thessalonians, remember? In verse, chapter 2 and verse 8. He shall speak great words against the Most High. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And he shall think to change times and laws. They shall be given his, into his hand unto, watch this, unto a time, time, and a dividing time, which is three and a half years. But the judgment shall sit. They shall take away his dominion. This is what happened to Satan. They shall take away his dominion, consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven, talking about in Israel, shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Isn't that what happened now? Everybody have to serve Jesus. He's Lord. He's both Lord and Christ. Daniel, hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much trouble me. My countenance changed in me. But I kept the matter in my heart. Oh, I know you would, Brother Daniel. All right, but let's go to Daniel chapter number nine. Daniel chapter nine. I need to do Daniel eight before I get there. Daniel eight thirteen. I need to look at some of this. Daniel eight and ten. I'm sorry. Let's back up. Give me a little water here. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 10. Let me read some of this while I'm here. From the book of Daniel chapter 8 and verse number 10. When you get this, say amen. There we go. Daniel chapter 8 verse 10. Talking about this great, this, this, this antichrist, but he was called the son of perdition. It said, and he waxed great even to the hosts of heaven. He cast down some of the hosts of the uh, the host and of the stars of the ground he stamped upon them. This is what the Bible talking about the sun and moon and stars falling from heaven uh, right, in the book of Acts chapter 2. And verse 11 says he magnified himself even against the prince of the host and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. All right, talking about he destroyed the, he, he stopped the feast, he cast down the sanctuary and host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. It cast down the truth to the ground, and he practiced and prospered. Then I heard one saint speaking to another saint says, unto a certain saint which spake, How long shall the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgressions of beat of desolation, the transgression of desolation. This is what Daniel talked about. To give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden on the foot. He said, how long is it going to be? And he said to me, 2,300 days. 2,300 days. Then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. 2,300. 
300 days. Then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. All right, now I want to go to Daniel chapter 9 now. I want to go to Daniel 9, 24, because Daniel 9, 24, he's going to give this to Daniel in his totality. Daniel 9, 24. Oh, this is so good. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. Verse 24 starts out with 70 weeks. Now, 70 weeks, if you keep your notes, if you want to write this down, I'm going to wait on you. 70 weeks is 7 times 70. 490 years. Now, he's telling him 490 years because this is from the time God gave Daniel the vision to Christ come and destroy the temple. Christ is not, he's going to destroy the devil, but it's going to be 490 years. Remember, that's a total time. Now, we know from Malachi to Matthew is 400 years. So if you keep in notes, just think. From Malachi to Matthew, before John the Baptist was born, before Jesus was born, there were 400 years. Daniel was given the vision 490 years before that. All right, now that's the time frame we got. Watch this, 490 years. All right, here we go, Daniel 9, 24. 70 weeks, 490 years, are determined upon thy people. This is what's going to happen, Daniel, in 490 years. This is what's going to happen to your people. This is what's going to happen to your holy city. Number one, Jesus is going to come and finish the transgression. Number one. Number two, Jesus is going to come and make an end of sins. He's telling Daniel everything is going to happen. He's going to come. He's going to finish the transgression. Number two, he's going to make an end of sins. Number three, he's going to make reconciliation for iniquity. Number four, he's going to bring in everlasting righteousness. Number five, he's going to seal up the vision and prophecy. Otherwise, he's going to confirm it. That's Romans 15 and 8. I'm going to show you that, that Jesus confirmed the promises made to the Father. They were confirmed already. You read the NLT, they use the word confirm. Seal up the vision. They're going to confirm it. Confirm it. And then number six, anoint the most holy. If you keep in notes, he's going to give you a timeline. First, totality, 490 years. Verse 25, know therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem until the Messiah come, the prince, it shall be seven weeks. That's 49 years. You want to write that down? Seven weeks is 49 years. And there's a conjunction. And... Three score in two weeks. 434 years. Three score, 62 weeks. 62 times 7. 434. You add 49 to 434, 
you're going to get 483. You only have a total of 490 years. So 483 years, you got seven years left before you get to 490. Here we go. We still read. Verse number 25, I need to read it one more time. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem to the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks, three score and two weeks. The streets shall be built again. The wall, even in troublous times, and after three score and two weeks after this happened, after this 483 years, Messiah shall be cut off. That's the cross. Messiah shall be cut off. Well, in that middle of seven weeks, he's going to be cut off. Jesus' ministry lasted for three years and a half. Jesus died in A.D. 30. So that means in A.D. 27, Jesus came into his ministry. Follow me along. Verse 26. After three score and two weeks, Shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. He's going to die, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come, destroy the city, destroy the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood. And unto the end of war, desolation are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week shall he call the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abomination he shall make it desolate until even the consummation. And that's determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So here it is after Jesus Christ ministry started in 483 years Jesus ministry started for three years. Three and a half years in the middle of the week, he's cut off. But there's three and a half years left. So now, after he died, what happened? They began to martyr. Paul had 4,000 soldiers. Well, they began to martyr the church. People in Damascus, Paul was on the way to Damascus to kill those people. And Jesus stopped them. But the other people kept on going, killing people. They sought to kill Paul. Remember, they had tried to kill Peter. They already killed James. Now this king came to Jerusalem, took over the temple. And at the end of that three, next three and a half years, called the abomination of desolation, Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation, Stand in the holy place, you who read it, let him understand. 
and flee to the mountains. He gave them a sign. One sign. Here it is. When you shall see Jerusalem come past about what armies, you know that it's near at the door. And when I come back to the next service, I'm going to show you that's what James told them that is even at the door. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to fulfill God's word. Did he do it? Yes, he did. We're going to talk about the cross because this is what is most important. Most important that you believe that Jesus died, buried, and raised again from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead for you. Died for you, buried for us, raised again for us. Have you made Jesus your Lord? Have you received Christ's death, burial, and resurrection? I want to say something to you. I want to make sure I say this to people who listen because most people do not know how to be saved. This is what I heard a person say a week or two ago. I gave my life to Jesus. There are songs that's, that you hear song. I give my life away. Listen, that is not salvation. Please hear me. You giving your life to Christ is not salvation. Salvation is he gave his life for you. Receive it. Salvation is not you give your life. As a matter of fact, when you give your life, that's a cult. Let me tell you again. When people will give their life for somebody, they are in a cult. This is not a cult. This is redemption, salvation. Jesus didn't ask you to die for him. He died for you. Gave himself for you. Receive his life. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Door of Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.